Greetings. You're listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt, pining for the days of wire rope halyards, or a greenhorn, wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime. That is, talking about sailing. Hello, people of the internet. Thanks for listening in, eh? Today, I'm very happy to bring you a chat with the inimitable Emily Greenberg, a.k.a. Dingy Dreams. She is living aboard her Pearson Ariel, a ship near and dear to my heart, as you are probably aware. Uh, and she set off from Lake Champlain single-handed, traveled down the canal to the Hudson River through New York City, down the Jersey coast, through the Chesapeake Bay, and down the ICW to Florida. She is currently in the midst of what she calls a running refit and is spending hurricane season preparing for trips potentially to the Bahamas and beyond. Uh, she keeps a log of her travels at dingydreams.com. I very much enjoy reading it. Uh, and she has a nice turn of phrase uh, that pops up during the interview, so I wanted to quote that here to begin. When we parted ways, I pulled into port to wait for important mail. He continued on into the next canal and body of water, where he hoped to wait for a good weather window and sail offshore. His mast now far from sight, I called out on the radio anyway. Good luck out there on the lonely blue highway. And so, without further delay, I bring you Emily Greenberg. Hello. Hola. Success. This is better. Cool. Cool. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Can you I, uh, can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. I can't believe Skype has such good audio. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's uh, it's sometimes you get like the robot voice effect, but usually it's pretty uh, pretty good. All right, well let's cross our fingers that we don't get that. Yeah, we can always we can always uh, kind of crop that out later. <laughs> yeah, I don't sound good as a robot, so. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe I'll just auto tune the whole thing. <laughs> that would probably go back. <laughs> League of Iron. Um, cool. So I actually just listened to your podcast for the first time. I was like, oh, I should probably listen to this. And um, there was many uh, parallels in the keys. You know, when I heard your story of dragging anchor, it's like there's just no holding down there. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So did you did you drag when you were down there? Um, yeah, I had to move the thing you guys said you couldn't do, like move your boat every, every other day. Um, I just did that. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. And I was like trying to, um, earn some money, like working, editing some video. And I tied to the mangrove outside the Isla Mirada library. Crazy times. (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's good. Did you have a good time down on the keys though? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, um, it was definitely an amazing, it was, it was really cool. But at that time I did kind of, I had run out of money and needed work. So the, the whole shuffling the boat back and forth was kind of like, I wasn't getting anything done. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I know we, we kind of were in the same boat. We got down there and we're like, well, we can't spend too much money. So, you know, you you definitely need wheels to have to, to see all the sites down there, I think, or it's helpful anyway. Well, I was only there, I think, for like um, maybe two weeks total or three weeks, but you know, it feels like a lifetime, boat time. Yeah, yeah. It's dog years. <laughs> That's right. Cool. 
Okay, well, stop talking. No, no, no. It's good. That's the whole point is, is for uh, for you to talk here. So, but let's let's back up. Where um, kind of give us the overview. Where have uh, where have you been? Where are you going? Where are you now? Okay. All right. Um. So, right now I'm in St. Augustine, Florida. On um, my boat is on the hard, as well as my feet. And, um, but I'm, I'm living on land temporarily while I refit the boat, part of a running refit, I would call it. And, um, you know, before that I, I left on my little Pearson aerial from Lake Champlain last fall, came down to Hudson river, the Champlain canal, Hudson river, Delaware Bay to the Chesapeake. And then, um, pretty much entered the ICW from there and, and did that all the way to the keys. And then came back. And uh, before that, I had sailed two seasons on Lake Champlain and lived on a boat, my boat there. And before that, had sailed in the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia semi-extensively, but not on my own boat. And then I, and then before that, I actually, the first time I ever sailed was in New Zealand on a yacht delivery that I randomly got on from a uh, Tonga to New Zealand, twelve hundred nautical miles on a catamaran. Damn, that's a big that's a big trip. How how was that? What was that like? Um, that I was like blissfully naive, and it was basically my first sailing experience, other than a day sail with the people I was going on the trip with. And um, yeah, it was the most amazing thing I ever experienced, and I feel like I've just been trying to get back there ever since, like back to that offshore experience so it's it's pretty interesting to start from there like your first time and then realize wow it takes a lot to get the boat that can do that and get the skills to be the captain and actually do that kind of uh yeah yeah it's different sitting in the driver's seat i guess yeah yeah and uh i mean the boat was you know it was a big boat and it was honestly knowing what i know now about boats i would not cross an ocean I, I mean, I'm, I might, I would probably do it, but it would definitely not be my first choice to do that trip. You know, we were pretty lucky to get really good weather and it wasn't exactly set up for offshore of, um, it was a charter boat, you know? Gotcha. Just, we, gotcha. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's, is that, that's kind of oftentimes a, a rough trip down to New Zealand, isn't it? Well, from, yeah, from Tonga to New Zealand, it's the Tasman Sea and I'm not sure what makes it such a rough trip but yeah my mom was like at home reading stories about it of how awful of a sailing trip it is and i'm like on this catamaran loving life so <laughs> good no that's, that's a good thing <laughs> so what was um Jerry, we just had a really good weather yeah yeah um and i guess i guess the queen's birthday i think it's the queen's birthday storm there's a bunch of boats that got into some trouble on, on that trip Oh my gosh! Yeah, while while we were there, um, waiting, this was in this was the year that Obama got reelected. I forget when that was, but that is uh, we were there for the election, so it was November, yeah, twenty thirteen, yeah. I guess, or twenty eleven. Something know. like that. It sounds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was it was cyclone season because you know they kept the boats in New Zealand for the New Zealand summer and in the Pacific Islands you know Tonga for the New Zealand winter so they were crossing during cyclone season and um, you know like I said I was blissfully young and naive and um, you know there was a cyclone 
we were waiting out like two different storms in Vival Harbor. Like they didn't quite reach where we were, but they were out in the Tasman Sea and like boats were lost. Wow. And then a few days later, we just, you know, not a few days later, like we were there for a total of about four weeks waiting for the right weather window. But, you know, it's just amazing to think that that, that happened. And then just a few weeks later, you know, you have a safe passage. And yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So sobering, I imagine. Yeah, at least, in, at least in hindsight, it sounds like. In hindsight, absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Nice. <laughs> in hindsight, it is. And um, even though I hate to like hear of tragic sea stories, I think they're really important to hear. You know, when you're fixing up a boat or, or trying to make, you know, ocean passages, to be like, you know, don't cut corners, don't go before you're ready. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, um, yeah. So, tangent. No, good tangent, and and we can. We'll, let's see. We'll we'll play it off here. So, that was your first uh, experience offshore. So then you're coming down. I guess was the Jersey coast the first time you were kind of out in the ocean by yourself. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. It absolutely was, and and land was like right there, and the swells were um, they were small, but it was it was crazy. I mean, I've been on the ocean since then on the East Coast on different boats. Um, it was wild. It was a wild time doing that for the first time. It just seemed so big. And I was like a little disoriented. I was like, which way do I go? But because you kind of have to head, um, you know, southeast a little bit. You can't just go straight south or mm -hmm. you, head to the, you head into the land. So it's, it, was, uh, it was quite a sight. And was that so? Were you uh, were you pretty nervous running in, uh, running up to that that trip? I I think I was I I was definitely, and like I said, even now since I've done that, like and since I know the boat so much better and like know her weaknesses, I'm just like, oh man, that was kind of crazy. But it's coastal, so it's fine, you know, and you go in good weather. But um, I was definitely nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually had like a navigational uh, oversight that like I didn't even think that I was gonna have to do like dead reckoning or anything like that or I, I don't know. And um, I wound up meeting up with these local Hudson sailors and got an amazing lesson because I hadn't done that kind of navigation in a while. And uh, you know, we just went over it uh, drinking whiskey at a bar, and I was like, this is exactly what I need in nice, case nice. <laughs> GPS dies. And I wound up, even though you can use your GPS, I guess, I mean, I have like a little handheld and um, Navionics on my phone, but I think it's important to like be, when you're on an ocean passage or even if you're just coastal, at least for me, like to be doing those calculations and doing the dead reckoning. Putting, um, the, putting, the, putting the mark on the chart. Yeah, and exactly. And like, knowing how to use a parallel ruler, you know, I'm not even that good at it. And it's like, yeah, it's good. It's it, good to have those, those skills, skills available. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I do also use technology, the new technology for sure. So what, so you said you were a little nervous running up to that. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with nerves and anxiety? Um, how do I deal with that? I mean, okay. What I, I think I honestly being on a boat, is like it gives me I have less nerves and anxiety you know because it's the type I feel like the type of nervousness and anxiety you have when you're on a boat either doing like a voyage of sorts or living on a boat or passage making or whatever you know 
humans are kind of designed with that like fight or flight mode, you know, we're supposed to react to stress that, and like, I think that those are like the good stresses. Those are the kind of natural reasons why humans have anxiety because you're like, Oh, I have to find food. I have to deal with this weather. You know, you're in the elements. And, um, so I don't know. I feel like I, in a sense have less anxiety, whereas, you know, on land and in modern life, there's like all this anxiety for no reason rather than out there. You're like, you should be anxious. If you're not a little anxious, like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it sharpens, sounds like it sharpens the ax a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think like, you know, too much fear will get you in trouble, but like a little bit, um, you know, is really good to have. And I've, I've managed my fear over time. Like, you know, the first time I got into a sketchy situation on a sailboat and it wasn't my boat and it was with someone else. And like, I was really scared and I was like crying and eating cookies. And then like years later, I, you know, sometimes it, it, it sucks. You know, it wasn't like super awesome going down the Chesapeake in like 30 knots in my tiny boat, like nearing the end of the day when I'd already been sailing for 10 hours and I didn't know if the wind was going to pick up, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just like, you just deal with it. I don't know. I never want to be in a hurricane. I never want to experience that fear on a boat. That's for sure. Yeah, true that. Um, Did you see Thrift? By the way, no, I haven't. I've have not seen it. I, I, someone lent me the book. A friend of ours lent me the book, which I have oh. also not yet read. But is it good? Well, I've never read the book. The movie is amazing, but um, the lady who wrote the book, she, she's, she lives on San Juan Island, which is a place that I sailed in the Pacific Northwest. But, oh, cool. And, yeah. yeah, super scary movie <laughs> fair enough all right yeah well so I'll, I'm, i guess i'd like to see it but maybe i won't take uh, ryan my wife to see it <laughs> don't is she a little bit yeah uh, yeah she, she she likes she enjoys mellow sailing i would say okay okay cool yeah i want to ask you guys some questions like uh, but maybe we'll wait till after but are you thinking you're gonna are you gonna go on another adventure i know you have a new baby now yeah yeah no i definitely like to and and we we have been we haven't quite gotten to the uh, planning new adventures phase. <laughs> Hopefully, right? I guess not. Not with a baby. But uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I certainly feel like uh, I have kind of unfinished business. I definitely want to get the boat down to uh, the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. Look. And I think, I just think it would be so cool to have, you know, to, cause we've got, you know, a little daughter and I think it'd be awesome just to, you know, to go exploring and, and play around in the, on the sand, do snorkeling, you know, when she's a little bit older, I think that'd be That'd just be a really cool way to spend spend a couple months with uh, with the family. Yeah, I think so too. And um, you know, I've met a lot of people out here, as I'm sure you have. Like, you know, they say cruising. I don't really like to call it cruising, but sailing with kids. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely inspiring, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's just it it kind of gets you back to the basics, and it certainly it, I think it would be a cool way to spend some time raising uh, raising a kid. What is your kid's name? Uh, Linnea. Her name is Linnea. Cool. She sounds like a sailor. Yeah, she. She. I think. She, I think so. She definitely likes the wind. We take her outside in the breeze, and she. She gets excited. So. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Well, that's. Uh, that'll be a fun story to see how it unfolds. And uh, is Firefly like? Where's she right now? Actually, at this at the same marina we left from. Uh, how two three years ago? Two years ago, I guess. Um, well, right. It's so, summer. It's in the water. Yep, yep. So it's still, I haven't, I haven't gone sailing as much as I should, but, uh, but she's still afloat and uh, still, uh, still there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. 
Yeah. So, so actually, I wanted to ask you, what, what was your favorite part of the Chesapeake when you came through? Oh, that is so hard to answer. My favorite part of the Chesapeake. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it was like the, just such great sailing, you know, such like challenging conditions, but still safe. Yeah, and, and the fall, especially in the fall, it can it can kind of be like that for sure. Yeah, and it was it was beautiful um, to see. You know, the colors were all changing, and and I do, even though you know I'm not a huge fan of the cold. Um, I'm from the Northeast, and I love the fall. So it was cool when I left Lake Champlain. It was you know already becoming fall, and then I got in the Hudson, and it was becoming fall, and then I got in the Chesapeake, and it was becoming fall. So I kept heading further south so i got like full like peak foliage for like super long that's perfect yeah that sounds like the way to do it it was beautiful um but so the chest peak i mean it was it was just like perfect like gunk holding you know what i mean like and and i also got my ass kicked sometimes so uh i think i really sharpened my skills as a sailor you know um so it was just like every day it was good, fun practice. And I liked dodging the ships. That was really fun. And I loved the buoys. Like, you know, and they have those buoys on the Hudson as you near New York Harbor and on the ocean, obviously. But like the big ones with the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clanging and, around. <laughs> yeah. And like it was the first, once I like got there, you could see uh, pelicans for the first time and on the trip. Yep, and yep. in Annapolis, I had a lot of fun there. Um and there was actually one time where I, I can't remember how many boats were tied up. There were like three or four dinghies tied up to my boat and a legit like 20 foot center console power boat all like, like <laughs> hanging off my boat. Like, you know, it was fun. We had a little impromptu gathering. So I met, I just met like really cool people, um, on the Chesapeake and, uh, I wrote this little article for Sailing Anarchy and, and got a lot of offers for free docks and, you know, got to stay at some free docks and meet some amazing people. And yeah. Nice. Well, nice. I won't names, but it was very, very special. No, Shout out to Bitch if he's, if he's listening. Cool. Sorry. And what was, what was that? I didn't quite catch that. That was a shout out to my friend Rich if he's listening. Cool. Very nice. <laughs> free docks is a good thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was just amazing. It was fun. So, and that kind of, I, I've got a question jot, jotted down here. Um, so you're you're traveling solo a lot, but it seems like, at least from your blog and your Instagram, it seems like you you have the ability to to find and befriend people uh, pretty easily. Uh, I, would you thank, say that's the case? <laughs> I, I mean, I thank you for saying that. That gives me hope that it is the case. I mean, I think so. Like, yeah, I do. I am fortunate in that way that like, I don't know, I, I meet, I do get to meet cool people wherever I go. Um, and make a lot of friends. It's really fun. That's good. Really fun. And and do you think being a single hander kind of, uh, like makes that easier or is it because you're I, kind of forced to? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it makes it easier or, or it's, yeah, maybe because you're forced to, because like, I guess if you're, in a couple, uh, sailing, like depending on the couple, you can, it can become maybe like kind of insular because even, but even being on the boat by yourself can sort of be a, you know, insular experience. Like you do, I think couples, I've met couples who 
want to make friends too as many you know and i've been friends with a lot of couples yeah i don't know um maybe maybe you are forced to but it sounds like you guys made a bunch of friends wherever you went too so i think it just depends on the kind of person you are you know yeah yeah for sure and and, and certainly just that kind of traveling by boat is something you instantly have in common with with anyone else who's traveling by boat and it's it's a it's a strong kind of it's i, I we found it easy to, to make friends to meet people and make friends yeah yeah, it almost seems like in a sense that you already have like gotten past that one layer of like if you're going to connect with someone because like, oh, they're all, like, like you said, you know, they're already doing this thing. So they're already like one step closer to possibly being part of your tribe, you know, because it's like the smaller group. But I will say like not everyone you meet is awesome who's on a boat or on a sailboat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, well, this that's a perfect segue. So I wanted to ask, do you meet? Uh, many other female single handers. Um, and do you, do you ever encounter uh, any kind of like macho douchery in that regard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So in person, female single handers on this trip or really in general, I don't know. I like, like one Yeah. in person, Yeah. but I feel like I have quite a few like, Instagram single-handed female sailing homies, um, which is cool. Like, but and I, I've heard that there's more of us like further into the Caribbean and stuff. I don't know. I meet a lot of solo-handed dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and most of them are awesome. Like a lot, you know. I meet um, amazing men and women. But uh, so back to the douchery, like. I think I don't. Yeah, I just think I. Douchery. Define douchery. I mean, I guess in this, I guess in this regard, like, do you ever encounter people who who treat you differently because you're a woman sailing as opposed to just you know a single-handed guy, say? Yeah, I think that I think someone might experience uh, experience that sense of like, oh, you know, she's a girl, so she can't fix a boat, kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I've experienced that so much, um, because mostly like, you know, if there's like an old man who's like, oh, she's trying to fix her boat rather than them thinking like, oh, she can't fix her boat. They like try and help me, but it goes both ways. And that's awesome. You know, I, it, but it goes both ways. Cause like, sometimes I don't want the help or I, I know what they're talking about and the worst is when like they hit on you. That's honestly, <laughs> yeah, you're, I probably do experience a great deal, but I think I'm trying to like, I used to think about it a lot and like write about it. And, um, now I'm just kind of like trying not to bask in the negativity of this, like the sexism in the sailing world, but it's rampant. I've had some pretty, I could tell you, you want to, should I tell a crazy story? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Oh my God. Okay. This is a great one. Um, but I, but I think, yeah, I'll, I'll be likely, I want to hear your opinion after. So, so I get a lot of emails, you know, from my blog or like that sailing anarchy thing, but mostly from my blog that people are like, Oh, um, if you're in town and want to meet up or, People who want to give me a hand, you know, people donate money and it, so it's all good. But like this one dude like kept being like, 
oh, I really want to help. Is there anything I can help you with? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, um, unless you have some, like, looking for certain charts, whatever. You know, and I, I wasn't really replying to his emails because I just, like, didn't have time. And I can't respond to everyone, you know. Not like they're – I'm not getting crazy emails all the time, but I just, you know, sometimes I can't reply to everybody. Or I don't want to. And, um, and this guy – so when he, he, I like finally replied and was like, I could use some charts, you know, thanks for reading the blog. I appreciate your whatever you're following. And he's on the Chesapeake and, you know, kept asking like, are you on the Chesapeake yet? Are you on the Chesapeake yet? And so when I said the thing about the charts, he was like, oh, I have an iPad um, that I'm not using and I can give it to you and it has all the charts and I got a new one and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, sweet. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, this might, maybe I'm like, this isn't right of me in some ways to be like, well, now I'm going to give this person more time. But it's sort of like, I was like, okay, well, I can uphold my end of the social contract, you know, and, th and that's cool. So I, I talked to him on the phone, talk about meeting up and, and he, I should have like known right away that he was a little bit sketchy, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I think I just like brushed it off. Maybe I really wanted that iPad. <laughs> but then, like, 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 within minutes of us uh, meeting up, and he starts talking about, like, women and women he, like, gets with. And I'm like, ew, dude, like, what the fuck makes you think I'm at all interested in these conversations? And then I, had, like, sat through, like, listening to him tell stories, which maybe they were tall tales. Like, who knows? But he was telling me a story of how he lost his Hinkley like Hinkley Bermuda 40 or something offshore and that like he was all delirious and he hadn't even called the Coast Guard. They just like showed up and I was like, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but about that iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then he starts telling me like, here's the iPad, blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, you need to send it back. And I'm like, send it back. I'm like, dude, I don't know where I am. I can't even get where I'm going to be. I can't even give my sister an address to send me something. Like I, I might break it. I might trade it. You know, I don't, I'm not, I can't like, I don't know you. I'm not like borrowing. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to borrow something like that's fine, whatever. And he's like, oh, well, if you have sex with me, you can keep it. And I was like, whoa. Oh man. Yeah. I was like, and then I just like I like went off and I was like, what makes you think that I want to listen to this or I'm interested in you like that at all? Like, no, thank you, goodbye. And then he was like, well, now I'm angry. I I drove all the way out here and blah blah blah. And I just was like, see ya. And I literally like ran back to the marina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to Saw Creek where I was anchored. Oh man, I wish I had his name. I I would say it. <laughs> Watch and we out. could we could and we could publish it. Well. The Thing. like if i did publish it like how sketchy is this person that's another yeah, thing I've... yeah that's true <laughs> it's probably yeah. probably not worth the aggravation but yeah yeah but um i could take him that's all if he ever tried any whatever i keep pepper spray and a flare gun everyone should as protection i think but that's a good a good plan but it's also important not to let that kind of stuff um o overrun you with fear because you know, very small majority of the people are like that. Or are you very small, a very small amount of the time as like a woman alone, are you actually in danger? So, you know, you just got to keep your wits about you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that sounds like good advice. I know, obviously I'm not in any position to comment on, on sexism and sailing, but I know Ryan inevitably 
if she if it would and it would usually be an older an older sailor um but it would inevitably happen if i wasn't around um and it was it was usually kind of confined to to remarks about you know kind of men's jobs versus women's jobs on boats and that that kind of thing well yes and and um and i've noticed like in situations like where women within like a sailing couple are treated that way. Whereas like I'll have like a buddy or something or like an old man buddy or whatever who like takes me seriously. But when I introduce them to, uh, you know, a man and woman couple, they're automatically just like talk to him or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, and that, that is irritating, especially cause like, and that happens, you know, when we got back from our trip, um, inevitably you know there'd be kind of some some weekend warriors at the dock and and something like that would happen and i'm always like man i mean ryan's got way more miles than you do (laughs) you know yeah well good for you i'm glad that uh glad she has that support it's hard to be a woman out there in the world (laughs) right on yeah (laughs) but i will say this one thing that is i was kind of doing a case study you know like in my brain but like there are uh, there are especially in the older generation um women who are not interested in the boat and like a lot of them and like and one woman i remember i was like i was here in saint augustine in february before i left for the keys and i was trying to make money and trying to haul my boat out or whatever and she was like oh, I've been on the beach collecting shells. What have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, like working three jobs, um, trying to fix my boat. And she's like, oh, well, why don't you get a boyfriend to help you work on your boat or to work on your boat for you? And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. It's a small boat, but I'd be down. That's just not the trajectory right now. And she's like, okay, have fun working hard. And I was like, (laughs) Takes all types, I guess. I guess, I guess. Whatever, yeah. whatever floats your boat, as it were. As, as they say. Yeah. As. Um, well, that's a good, that's a good segue, though. So, um, so I know you've you've stopped several times, I guess, to work. Um, what's uh, what's it like living aboard and commuting by dinghy and and uh, and kind of working as you travel? Um, I'm getting a lot better at it, which is good. Um, and I'm like making more money. I mean, what was hard was like, I didn't really ever stay anywhere long enough to replenish my amount because I don't know. I don't, I really don't, I exist off very little money. And, um, so what's it like stopping to work? I mean, what's the alternative? Somebody like works for two years and lives in the same place and then goes like, and that's awesome, you know, but I've just never done that my entire adult life. Like since I graduated college when I was 22, I've never, I mean, no, I think I was, yeah, I guess I was 22. How old are you when you graduate college? 21. Something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm 29 and I mean, I've never stayed in one place longer than a year and a half. And like within that year and a half, I was like on a farm, on a boat, working at a newspaper, all at like different times, you know? So for me, like working as I go is kind of just like the norm and things definitely got tight for a while because like I didn't, I, I hadn't found the right situation. So I kind of just like kept on and scrape the pennies together with what little jobs I could steal 
you know, or fine, whatever. And then, um, you know, came back here where I was like, okay, I need to stay for like months at this point because I need to make enough money to haul my boat out and work on her as well as make enough money to set off again. So, you know, hurricane season kind of just seemed like the perfect time to do that. The, the natural stopping period. Yeah, yeah. So what, what kind of uh, what kind of jobs have you done? Well, do you mean, okay, like since I've hauled out? Sure, or, or whatever, uh, yeah, whatever springs to mind. Yeah, okay, well, before I like left, when I bought the boat, um, to leave, I needed, like to leave the lake, I, I, I lost basically engineless. It was pretty much, I didn't have an engine. Um, I had like this tiny four horsepower that didn't work. And, um, that was fine. It was great for the lake. Sailing engineless on Lake Champlain is super easy and fun. Um, and yeah, so I had to get an engine and then I had to like build, like rebuild the stern or the engine locker, um, hatch cover to fit the engine. I, you know, it's like I mounted a solar panel. I had to get another mainsail, which I finagled out of the Pearson Aerial Owners Forum. Sweet. That's good good cool. folks over there, for sure. Oh, my God. It, it was amazing. My mainsail was, like, ripping every day, just sailing on the lake. And I, mind you, I sailed, like, in, like, 20, 25 knots, like, regularly because it was fun and awesome. And so, I, but, like, your mainsail shouldn't rip every day. And I was like, I'm going on this voyage. Maybe I should uh, get another mainsail. And I got this one that was, like, it's literally 20 years old and has like 20 years of life left. It's amazing. Nice. And then I had to, I put a bunch of reef points in. Um, it only had one. I put in two. I made a little storm jib. This is all with help of my amazing sailmaker friend. She was one of the first sailmakers in um, Lake Michigan. And she used to do sailing sail making in the pacific northwest she worked for bob perry for a short oh time. wow that's uh that's a cool gig oh my god it was so funny and then one time our friend our mutual friend was like oh hey bob do you remember sally mack she would have been sally moore at the time from so-and-so year and apparently he said son there have probably been many sallies and <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just kind of funny. But yeah, so I did a bunch of work like that. And um, uh, what else did I have to do? But uh, not not anything majorly structural with the boat. You know what I mean? I, I did like a lot of odds and ends. And I was working on the boat. Oh, I had to like fix my, I had to fix my four-stay knee. Not the backstay, the knee that the yeah. chain was on to it was like when i launched like rotten and like didn't even have a backing plate and had like these bronze bolts that corroded when i like they just crumbled when i um removed them that was pretty scary <laughs> and i was like i was like sailing from the boatyard up north of lake champlain to where i was going to keep the boat to fix her and i'm just like please don't break please don't break um because like i could get nothing done in that other boatyard it was like horrible but um yeah, so it just like things like that. Um, but basically for that trip, I just had to make sure that I had like a good engine, good sails, and good ground tackle because I wasn't going to be doing like a lot of offshore stuff. And then I got like an autopilot. Um, cool. So what is it like a tiller pilot kind of deal? Yeah, it's like a, it's actually a pretty good one. It, it's for a much bigger boat. I bought it used from my friend. Its name is Jane. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. 
so I just had to do work like that. Um, and I, you know, I had to get new anchor line and, uh, there was like some little bits of structural stuff that I'm not quite recalling, but now, you know, after doing what I've done and like this whole time being, Oh, and I've re-rigged, but that didn't happen until West Palm beach, which is another story. Um, but you know, this whole time, like, I was just like, man, like what I want to be doing, I'm not doing because like, I don't have enough solar or my battery is so old. I never got to replace it that I can't keep the autopilot running at night. Plus my rigging is really sketchy and my running lights don't work, you know? So I can't like go offshore at night. Plus it was like Georgia off like in December. with yeah. <laughs> So like, so I definitely want to do more like long passages and then like, and you know, so the work that I'm doing now is like I'm closing up all my through hauls which I'm in the process of doing. Um, unfortunately, it's going to like rain for the next week, but I'm going to set up a tarp. So I'm going to call it the grinding tarp. I'll be able, I'll be able to grind under my... <laughs> I know I know, I know that technique well. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to glass in the, under there. I'll wait till the sun comes back out. Yeah. But yeah, I'm doing that. I've got to rehabilitate a bunch of bulkheads. You know, I, I find like more rot Chris every day. Um, yeah, I wanted to actually actually ask you specifically about that. So this is where the, the chain plates go in? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there and my whole like Zebra is pretty rotted out, but, um, but yeah, what are you, what are you, what were you going to ask? Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering if you were planning on, on addressing that. Cause I know on Firefly that the bulkheads are, I mean, it's fine for knocking around the bay, but you know, it's not, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm definitely addressing it. I'm definitely addressing it, which basically is going to consist of taking, it's going to be like one chain plate at a time, obviously. Um, and then I'm going to have to strip all of the paint off and then probably going to have to do, I'm hoping I don't have to replace anything completely, but if I do, you know, wood and thickened epoxy. Right on. Yeah. I was, so, I was thinking the other day, I was, I, I haven't, I'm not actively planning on doing this, but it occurred to me, you could move the chain plates, um, to the hull, like a, like the exterior yeah. chain plates. Yeah. Um, but then you have to get new chain plates like yeah, made. Yeah. And it would be a, then you're drilling holes in the hull too. It'd be a pretty intense project. <laughs> it would, um, it would, especially making the measurements absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. That's like something that I'm not really that good at. Leave that to a rigger who I can't afford to hire right now. <laughs> but uh, I am definitely learning more about rigging. Um, uh, yeah, so 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 through hauls. Basically, on my boat, it's everything from the ground up. But I'm not doing like a complete restoration. You know, I don't have that kind of time or money or desire really. Cause like I want to sail her. So I'm kind of, but there is like a lot of work. I wish I had my list in front of me. Um, but yeah, from the ground up, like got to deal with all my thrills. Cause like they were all leaking. Like it was super sketchy. I just took off the seacocks and one seacock, like pieces of it just started like breaking off. <laughs> That's a good sign. So that was fun. Uh, the other seacock had never been like screwed or bolted down at any way. It was just like, it was just like some caulking <laughs> and, and the through-haul fitting. Nice. And thread it onto the fitting. And I was just like, oh, my God, I've been sailing like this. <laughs> Surprise. 
Yeah. And then, oh my God, my sink through haul. I still don't know what I'm going to do with that. That's so sketchy. That's, is this what I like it on yours as well? It's just a, um, a glass Y. Yep. And no, okay. It's like te- teed off of the cockpit drain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. T Y whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that? What do you think about that? Well, I'm, I want to close off my sink one. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But so we, we, we did, we closed it off. Um, there wasn't a valve on it or anything. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wish we hadn't though, because it would have been nice to have a sink. It would be nice to have a sink. I'm over my sink, dude. I'm like, I'm going to do five gallon bucket. Is that what you do? Yeah. We had, we, we had like the little like Tupperware totes in the cockpit to wash dishes. It was kind of a pain, but. No, I think I'm going to put a bucket underneath my, cause yeah. I have that's a good that's a good idea for sure yeah that's what my friend did on his pearson triton 28 which he now he did a complete restoration refit um and that boat could cross the pacific like there is not like an ounce of rot anymore like there's like every new rigging down to like the turnbuckles and the chain plates um he completely modified the stern and strengthened the strengthened the stern he added a wind vane he built like this amazing contraption so that his outboard can pull out of the water. They redid all of the interior so that it has like, he's, it just, and guess he did it all in six months working full time on it with it on a trailer in his backyard. And I'm like, well, you know, if we all had that opportunity, we could probably all do it in six months. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I would, I mean, that's, it's tempting. It's, it's a cool idea and I would love to do that, but it's, yeah, it takes a lot of a lot of things have to come together. <laughs> a lot of things that you have to be in, like you have to be in the right situation. You know, yeah. if you're working a job and what you know, a normal, whatever we have to do, it's it's hard. So, and like in my situation, I don't have, I can't just like, okay, I have ten grand, so I'm just gonna do it all now. It's like, oh, I have three grand, um, you know, but not really. I actually only have a grand. <laughs> So I can do as much as I can, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and, but you're out there doing it. So that's, uh, I think that's definitely a check in the plus column. Yes, thank you. But it's, I'm trying not to be out here doing it at like, by compromising my safety. So that's what like, this is all about. And yeah. uh, so my thoughts for like, where I want to go with the boat is um, like Bahamas and then see where I'm at after that. If I want to hop over to Cuba or the D, um, you know, I was going to say the DR, but I meant Puerto Rico. But I guess you would go past the DR if you go to Puerto Rico. And then who knows, maybe back up to like the west coast of Florida through the Gulf Stream, you know? Apparently from Puerto Rico to Louisiana, it's all downwind. And there's a bunch of like young sailors there. I don't know. <laughs> sounds like That sounds like a good trip. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? But like at the same time, I'm not going to know how, like what, like you know, until I'm done, until I'm back in the water and I'm like, okay, how many overnights can I do? You know, how, like, how far can this boat go? Was I able to like get everything done that I, I need, you know, like, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, so we'll see. And does your, does your tiller pilot work pretty well? I mean, does that run, can you just kind of leave the boat even like downwind say with the tiller pilot? Um, yeah. I mean, not like if I have a preventer mm-hmm. and a pole for my jib, I can leave the autopilot and plenty of room. 
I can leave the autopilot downwind. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what brand is it? Uh, Simrad. Simrad. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would really like to mess with Sheeta Tiller and I'm glad we had this talk cause I just realized something that's not on my list, but do you have the out that I, that I'm going to put on my list, but do you have the outboard version of the Ariel? Obviously. Uh, well, yes, it was, she was built as the outboard version when we bought her. Someone had uh-huh. retrofitted with, with an inboard diesel, which was oh, non-working, wow. which oh, we then ripped out and put an, an outboard in her. <laughs> so is the outboard in the, the well or is it mounted on the stern? It's in the well. Okay, cool. So there's a big hole in the well, right? It's a the gigantic hole. hole, yeah. Yeah, it's covering that shit up. Yeah, I mean, so we have a plug, like the... Oh my God, really? Yeah, and it... But, I mean, the outboard weighs like 80 pounds, I think, something like that. I mean, it would be a gigantic nuisance to like, to take it take it off of the mount, store it somewhere, put the plug in. Um Ooh, oh, okay. So you, what I want to create is like, I think like this is going to sound crazy and super ghetto, but I want to do, I didn't, I want to do something where I can just leave that, the, the outboard in, you know? And oh, I want, okay. like a collar or something like a collar. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's a, a good idea. That's it. That's a good way to describe it. But like, yeah, just kind of like build something out of wood that like, goes up to the shaft, you know, and kind of just like cups the shaft. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, I didn't realize how that would sound. And then, um, and then kind of is bolted onto like the, the mount in the well. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a cool idea. I know, um, are you familiar with uh, James Baldwin? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, my friend who I was telling you about who... Um, yeah, it sounded like that was a, a kind of like a James Baldwin style refit. Yes, he James Baldwin, actually, since they were doing a lot of the work in Georgia, James was like kind of overseeing him and they became really good friends, like James Baldwin with uh, Chris and his family. Um, they would like talk on the phone and they like, it was really cool. Um, James was like a... And actually, this is really cool, but I emailed James Baldwin when I was in Georgia and like didn't get to meet him, but he had wound up, wound up telling Chris who he was helping like oversee the, the refit. Cause he just like, you know, cause James Baldwin gets paid to do that kind of stuff, but he was like doing this for free because he liked Chris and his family and that they were going out on a Triton and doing it, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but so he had apparently James Baldwin had apparently told Chris like, Oh, keep an eye out for this girl, Emily on her aerial. And we wound up like meeting randomly, Chris and his family at a sailors exchange in St. Augustine. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then like, he was like, Oh yeah, James Bolton told me about you. And I was like, what? That's kind of cool. And then, um, I wound up seeing them again in the keys and my other, my friend was on board at that time. And we just had like so much fun sailing together. And, uh, we, we sailed in tandem and, there's this one picture of us both rafted up to the mangrove, like the Triton and the Ariel. And it's that's, pretty, that's pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what we were talking about. Um, well the, the, the outboard thing, but yeah, cause, cause he, there's like when he builds those, the tilt, the outboard tilting kind of system, he's got little doors that, that close around it. Um, that look like you could, that something like that might, might work. That's a good, that's a cool idea. I think it's kind of necessary. Do you get um, do you get a lot of water flooding back back in there? 
Yes, especially yeah. like on a run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And kind of swell. Yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to say, I in your last little the episode I listened to of your keys podcast, you said your outboard popped off the mount and I have <laughs> something to stop that from happening actually. Oh, what's and what's that? Um, okay. It's a piece of like, you know what G10 is? Uh, is that the, pl- the fiberglass board stuff? Yeah. Yeah. You just cut like a super like kind of like thin and long piece. So like, Maybe it's like a quarter inch in like width, you know, mm-hmm. or and like lengthwise, maybe like, I don't know, five inches or something or whatever the length would be of where um, where the, the screws are on your motor mount that like screw in, you know, yep. and you just you like you screw that little thing of G10 like onto your motor mount where you would mount the outboard. And then you just make sure those little claws are like underneath that piece of G10. So it like creates like a lip. Ah, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's a good idea. No, I was thinking about trying to like make some recessed like holes where the two, uh, like the, the, you know, the screws that hold the motor down could go into, but I've just, mostly I've just tightened it a lot and it's worked well enough. <laughs> well, if you get some time, it's a super fun little easy project. No, that's a good that, that's a good idea because it is especially if I'm sailing by myself and the thing pops off. It's always it's always a fire drill. <laughs> yeah, or like if you have the baby. Yeah, I need to avoid any fire drills with with mama and the baby for sure. Totally, especially if you want to get mama and the baby out on a long trip. Precisely. Yeah, <laughs> we need to. All fire drills must be avoided. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but what size engine do you have? Oh, it is a uh, Tohatsu six. Oh, perfect! That's what I have. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little motor. I mean, it, it it I mean it got us down to the keys and back, and it was, it was a great little motor. Yeah, everyone has one of those. Like this other dude who I with an aerial who I know has a Tohatsu. Um, he did a trip on a Tohatsu with the, the same trip with the same engine. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, we were joking that I think if, if we had driven like a pickup truck down to Florida, we probably would have gotten worse gas mileage. It's like a little, it's like a little lawnmower engine, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't use any gas. It's great. I know. I never, like, I still have, I have gas left over from all of my travels that I'm like putting in my roommate's truck at like, at this point, I'm like, well, sweet. Don't have to pay for gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're still running our lawnmower off of gas that we bought when we were sailing on the trip two years ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, cool. So, cool. Um, I don't want to take. I don't want to. I don't want to be respectful of your time. But I've got a couple more. A couple more quick questions here. Oh yeah, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm just babbling. This no, it's good. Fun. It's good. Getting good, all all good stuff. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I, I'll try not to like you know take little pieces here and there and, and make you say crazy things. I trust your editing. I mean, <laughs> I've never listened to one where you've interviewed anyone else, but yeah, this is this is this is fairly new. I'm I'm kind of just getting this rolling. So cool, cool. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Cool. So I know you uh, you built your own dinghy. What was uh, what was that like? Oh my god, that yeah, uh, I was like, um, okay, I learned a lot. And I would say that because I didn't have like the tools available, I like my friends helped me build that dinghy. Let me just put it that way. 
Um, I knew nothing about boat building and my friend like kind of knew about boat building and we just built this thingy. Nice. Yeah. Did you build yeah. it from, uh, from plans? We did build it from plans and I think I could and would do it again. Definitely. Um, but a different, different design. Yeah. That dinghy was, is amazing. So it's yeah. Built using the stitch and glue method, which is so easy. Even if you buy, um, you like, you can buy ones that are already cut and everything. Now that is freaking easy. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. Um, the, the way you built a dinghy, didn't you build like a lap straight hull? No, 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 no. It's, it's, oh. it's stitch and glue, but it has, oh. um, it's like multi-chine. So it's got a couple, there's like three side panels or two side panels. Yeah, that is like a little beyond. I'm just not uh, like the lofting kind of throws me off. I'm not really good at geometry. Yeah, that was that was an it was cool, but it was it was tricky. I think it took us a couple tries to get all that kind of all the lines to be where they were supposed to. Yeah, that is like not something I would attempt to do by myself. Um, I mean, maybe I don't really know. I think that it all just kind of comes down to the the small boat dilemma, you know. Um, to have like a decent sized rowboat, you just need a little bit bigger of a of a boat than the aerial. Yeah. So where do now where do you store it? Um. Okay. I get. I store her on deck, but I also if I'm just like in the ICW or cruising around, like, uh, tow her. She tows great. It's so funny that dinghy. We were like, we were like, oh man, this dinghy, it absolutely cannot fit two people. And we were like, oh, this dinghy is totally going to row like a rowboat. And then we're like, oh, we cannot tow this dinghy. Like, it will flip and sink. And it's like, totally fits two people and a ton of gear. It rows much better as a canoe. We basically built a wooden canoe. Awesome. And it tows great. So it was like the dinghy that broke all the rules. <laughs> what's the uh, what's yeah. the design? Um, It's designed it's called like an ore punch boat a-u-r-u-y or a-y cool. um it's like an old it's like designed after a portuguese style fishing boat old school but you know like almost kind of seems like a boat that you would find in like venice kind of that was the design nice but, but this styling we did not that is not what happened <laughs> That is not the boat that I have now. The boat that I have does not resemble the design at all. Fair enough. But it's if, sweet. It, if it if it rows well and it and it 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 works, that's all that really matters. It's so fun, and it's so funny because its name is Loner, but like L O, the O has like the anarchy sign in it because it's like Loner L O A N E R. It has like a it has ah, like, that's good. That's good. It has, it has multi meaning <laughs> and it was so fun to to build it and, and get to know the, the folks who are helping me out and we're like mates for life now you know cool. build a dish together and you're mates for life yeah no, that's great um yeah so um couple couple final questions here uh for you is was the attraction to the the lifestyle is, is it the freedom to travel is it is it the sailing is it a combination um well, the attraction to the lifestyle. I feel like what attracts me to it is like, yeah, definitely, of course, the freedom um, to travel as well as just the sailing of being with the elements and, you know, 
getting somewhere via the wind and just like the magic of of boats and of like maritime history and and everything but i think what like keeps me going or whatever is is like the the overall like satisfaction you get from like physically like doing something like physically like working towards something and working on something and like getting somewhere and um you know i think like in so in our society like like it's just it's i'm not like i'm the, i keep my boat in great condition i'm not like varnishing and sanding her all the time but like that act of having something to care for and maintain like and you know learning how to use tools it is like a i don't know it's kind of like a sustainable thing that is lost on a lot of folks including myself if i hadn't have uh started working on boats a few years ago or however long ago you know i started sailing boats but i never worked on my own boat until two or three years ago and uh and i learned more about tools every day I, i just bought my first grinder you know i just traded uh, like a, a head, like a marine head that I like ripped out, and a bunch of other gear for like that I for seventy five dollars worth of epoxy, like a gallon of epoxy. You know, <laughs> so I'm just like, who else gets to do this shit? It's awesome. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it's I think it's about having like something, something like there's like the physical element as well as like the the mystical element when it comes to sailing and boats and the lifestyle. Cool. Yeah. And I think, I think even, even the sailing itself is kind of like that. It's, it's much more of an engaging way to travel. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you get used to either flying or drive, you know, driving a car and it's very robotic, but like, you know, sailing is you're, you have to be, you know, it's tactile. You have to be engaged in what you're doing. It's, there's a lot exactly. of tasks to be completed. Exactly. It's like you feel the force, you yeah. know? Yeah, good, um, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, but driving is way more fun if it's a stick shift. When I learned to drive stick, I was like, "Wow, this is so much more engaging." <laughs> That's very. I actually, <laughs> I I just recently learned how to drive stick. Ryan has driven for for years and and always made fun of me. So now I I joined the ranks. Awesome, good for you. I only <laughs> like a year ago, so I miss it. <laughs> yeah, no, that is it is fun. You're right. <laughs> it's cool. Um, so who should, uh, who should I interview next? Any, uh, any suggestions? Oh, what is your theme? Uh, <laughs> not really a theme as sailors, but maybe, maybe younger sailors in general. Okay. Uh, oh, speaking of younger sailors, do you, are you trying to do people who have like, um, social media presence or no, not, not, not specifically. Maybe you should e- uh, interview Austin. Remember Austin? Yeah. The guy on with the Grateful Dead, uh, the Grateful Dead hatch covers. Yeah, he's actually uh I'm I'm proud of him actually. Like I, you know, he's like super smart and he grew up like in a pretty preppy He's young. He's like 23. Cool. And as you know, boys mature a little slower. <laughs> but I mean, he like literally like he could probably get a job like he's an amazing racer, you know? So he could probably get a job teaching sailing and like being in that community and blah blah blah. But he, like, wound up, like, you know, he left Lake Champlain on his boat. Like, you know, his mom, like, still calls him every day. You know, she's the kind of, like, he, he, you don't just, like, do what he did, it seems like, in his hometown or in his family. And, you know, he made it to, he only went to Oriental, whatever. And then he got, like, 
what sounds to me like the shittiest job in the world. He literally worked at like Piggly Wiggly over the winter, making like <laughs> making like eight dollars an hour. <laughs> it sounds brutal. Brutal doing like the the sh- the the morning shift just because there were like no jobs in the town. Yeah. You know, just so that he could like you know, and he got a slip for two hundred dollars, and he got his boat for free, and this dude at the boatyard that he like grew up in like helped him. Uh, you know, fix up the boat and, and he's just doing it, you know? And I think he'll definitely make money in ways that are not the Piggly Wiggly like very soon in his life. But it just, uh, I just think I thought that was cool. Like I was like proud of him and, and I hope that he, you know, he's working on the boat and he plans to take it further South the next season. And, uh, and what about, uh, what about a favorite sailing song? Got a favorite sailing song? Yes, actually. Do you know the song Chesapeake born? No, I do not. Oh my god. Can we listen? I don't know. You you'll have to put it in into the podcast, but I don't know the I don't know how it begins, but it's like I don't know the words. I just know the shanty tune. <laughs> is it is it like a traditional tune? It's very traditional. Cuz I'm just a big boy, just a big boy. Oh, we got to listen to it. You got to find yeah, it. I will I will find it. That's I've never heard it. I'm I'm not I'm going to have to look it up. All right, I I know I have it. Um, Chesapeake born. It's in like the Smithsonian collection of sea shanties. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Google will find it for me. Yeah, that oh. is my current favorite sailing song. Sweet. What's your favorite? Um, maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, currently, maybe. Do you know uh, Jillian Welch and David Rawlings? Oh my God! Yes, they I do- mean. What I don't it? know. I yeah. know who she is. Uh, what is the tune? Hang on. It'll come to me. Uh, Dear Someone. Have you heard that one? Uh, Probably. Is that the one that's like, My Sales in Rags? No, it's the same album. It's um, oh, cool. it's a good one. It's It doesn't. It sounds like a lullaby. It doesn't sound like a sailing song, but but it is. It's it's a good one. References to celestial navigation, all, all kinds of good stuff. Wow. It's funny how many, you know, like Tom Waits. Oh, Tom Waits is another favorite song. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, that song, Shiver Me Timbers. Shiver Me Timbers. I'm sailing away. I, got, I don't think I know that one either. All right. I'm getting good, good stuff here. The sand shifting. Oh, so good. Cool. <laughs> um, but I don't even think Tom Waits is a sailor, and he's always singing about it. Well, he's, he's definitely, he, he has a certain piratical persona he does, he does. <laughs> he's, he's still my hero he's the man for sure so cool well uh i that's great thank you so much for your time and I, I wanted to actually ask you now that we're on the subject of music um do you have a do you mind if i steal the audio from one of your uh, ukulele tunes for the for the podcast which one i don't know which one. i i like actually i like this you have two up on youtube and i like them both do you have a preference okay. Do not take hiding in a hurricane hole. Okay. Okay. The the Hudson that, I like the Hudson I think the Hudson one would be my would be my pick. Yeah, that other one I'm gonna delete. I'm like that's from like another life. That's ah, good though. I, I like that one too. Really? I feel like I look like a kid. I'm a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's just that's not what goes when you uh you know, if you're writing songs, you 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 have to eventually hate them. That's just how it goes. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. I, and you're a musician, so I actually take that. I take that to heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but that's 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 what I found at any rate. Yeah. Well, wait. Aren't you guys musicians, though? Yeah, yeah. We 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 spent a couple of years playing in a band and living living a dissolute life. 
cool. And what do you do now? Like I work. Uh, I do. Uh, I make oysters. Uh, mate. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> a sweet job. If you have to have a job, like that's dope. It's cool. I mean, it's the uh, it's crazy hours. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's it's good. It pays the bills. I enjoy it. It pays the bills, and at least you're like out there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For On sure. The water. <laughs> so. Cool. Is there anything? Um, why don't you tell us where people can find you on the interwebs? Uh, and is there anything else you want to plug? Um, no. Just uh, you can follow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram, of course. I'm blown up. No, don't don't edit that out. <laughs> okay. That out. Okay. Yeah. On Instagram at Dingy Dreams. I do want to reach a thousand followers. That would be cool. And um, my blog is dingydreams.com and I have this new thing on my blog because it does get quite a few hits for um, classic plastics so if you have a classic sailboat an old boat that you want to sell you know obviously and not too expensive we're not listing yachts but um, I'm trying to list classic plastics for sale and, and people can I can do a little write-up on their boat, and then if it sells through my website, um, just uh, I ask for a little donation. And yeah, I've got Uncle Al's Alberg for sale right now. Everybody, go check it out at dingydreams.com. Alberg thirty. Sweet, sounds uh, sounds good. Yes, it's enticing. You should go look at it, Chris. You might want to buy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I might. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well. Uh... Thank you for your time. Hope I didn't talk too much. No, perfect. Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, keep on uh, traveling that lonely blue highway. Oh, my God. <laughs> you stole my line. It's, no, you. it's great. It's a great. Uh, no, it's a great line. I. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. I, I'm. Uh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I will definitely be listening to your podcast. That Caribbean one sounds awesome. Like way to keep the dream alive. And um, like, thank you for the collaboration. Yeah, no, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to Emily for taking the time to talk with me. I very much enjoyed it. You can find her online at dingydreams.com and on Instagram at dingydreams. Uh, she mentioned briefly during the interview that she is listing classic plastic sailboats on her website uh, for sale, and she currently has an Alberg 30 listed. Uh, I was checking it out. It looks like it's in pretty good shape. looks real nice, uh, and it may have sold by the time this airs. I know there was a couple people looking at it, but uh, if you're interested in listing your old boat or you're looking for a good old boat, her website is uh, potentially a resource for that. Um, I think one of the things I've taken from, from talking to Emily and, and from talking to Brian in the previous episode uh, is the idea that you can do your homework and you can get your boat ready, uh, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's always a work in progress. Uh, and certainly when we left for our ICW trip, Firefly wasn't completely ready. Uh, but I think it's good to hear from other people. Uh, good to hear that from other people. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's more important to actually just get out there and experience things under sail than to have a, a perfect boat. Uh, whether that's out on the lake, the river, the bay, or the ocean. Be sure to tune in in two weeks on September 7th for my chat with the fine crew of Soul Tide, uh, Clay and Allie, who also, also happen to be uh, some of our best friends. They did the IC ICW trip 
the same time that we did, uh, and we met them down in the Florida Keys, but discovered that we were from the same small little part of coastal Virginia. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, and they're great people. They've done a lot of uh, interesting things, and we talked about sailing and their experience traveling along the East Coast. Uh, again, that will be coming out in two weeks on September 7th. Soul Tide, the crew of Soul Tide, Clay and Alley. Until then. That's it for this episode of The Bonnie Boat. Thanks for listening. I know time is my most scarce resource these days, so I appreciate you uh, choosing to spend your time listening here. One of the reasons I decided to throw my hat into the podcast ring is to get in touch with other like-minded sailing maniacs. To that end, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at thebonnieboat at gmail.com. You can find us online at thebonnieboat.wordpress.com. And remember, to be a sailor, you don't need a YouTube channel with 100,000 video subscribers. You don't need an Instagram account with pictures of beautiful people in their bathing suits. You certainly don't need a podcast. You don't even need a boat. You just need to go sailing. Until next time, this is Firefly standing by on Channel 16. So for our outro tune, we have today's guest, Emily Greenberg, performing an original tune called The Mighty Mighty Hudson, uh, recorded aboard Vanipede, her Pearson Ariel. Uh, she's got a lovely voice, and I like how navigationally specific this song is, and yet re- remains musical. Uh, that's a real balancing act with sailing songs, I think, uh, and I think she pulls it off. Uh, so here it is, The Mighty Mighty Hudson. The Mighty Mighty Hudson This big long winding river has opposing strong currents And you might catch a wind over tide It'll take you for quite the Skyline of Manhattan, the old industry of the north, the tankers and the barges always beat me to the wharf, and you might catch a wind.